Welcome to episode 12 of the AFL Europe podcast. In this episode, we'll be speaking to Laura Turner-Ramadan for our new series, One Kick Later. Laura first experienced Australian football in a 10-month stay in Sydney and could not believe it when she heard there were teams playing back home in England. She has since captained and led teams to AFL Europe's Champions League, Euro Cup, European Championships, as well as the first Great Britain women's team to the AFL's International Cup. I just love how much fun it is and how fun the people are. And you get this, this great standard of people who um, are really down to earth, but really competitive. Um, and, and that's what I really like about Aussie rules. I've got no doubt you'll find Laura's love and motivation for the sport extremely infectious as she shares her story and experiences on representing her country in international tournaments, the growth of the AFL London Women's League and it being a proven pathway to the AFLW for players and coaches, having a child on grand final day and plenty more. Laura, welcome to the series. Thanks so much for joining me today and on the AFL Europe podcast. Hi, yeah. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I've, I've seen the, uh, some of the English clubs or the UK clubs have been able to get back to training recently. So how's that been? It must be nice to be back playing footy with some of your teammates. Oh, it is so good. Honestly, I've been desperate. I've been counting down the days until this moment. Yeah, it's been really, really good to get back. Even though it's not, yeah, it's not the same as being able to go full throttle and train in a big group. And it's a bit more challenging for planning when you're trying to plan for, you know, max groups of six and you don't necessarily definitely know how many people are coming. Um, but it's still, it's a challenge and it's just great to see people and be able to not have to kick a football like on your own, which is <laughs> very depressing and difficult to motivate yeah. yourself to do. Yeah, that's right. Well, um, hopefully a few more clubs will be able to get back to training um, in the coming months and that's all around Europe too. So fingers crossed we'll uh, have some games played uh, in the summer. I hope so. We're just waiting at the moment just to get everything signed off from AFL England for return to play and stuff. Everything, you know, most important thing is that everybody's just keeping safe, but just want to get as much done, try and cram as much football as we can into the short summer that we're going to have. So I'm looking forward to, to doing that. Hoping the other teams have managed to keep players and attract new players and stuff like that so that we're able to have a fairly decent season. Yeah, yeah, great. Well, I do have a couple of quick fire questions to get us started today. So if you're ready for those, I'll jump straight into it. Let's do it. Okay, well, what was the sport or sports you played growing up? Well, like every female that plays sport, pretty much did everything when I was growing up. Um, at school, just played for the sports teams, netball, football, did a bit of hockey. Um, but football was the main one. <clears throat> That's what I got into when I was uh, about, oh, I think I was about nine. I only played because my, my brother and sister who are younger than me, a couple of years younger than me, they started playing in the garden with my dad. And they were like, oh, you know, you've got to play to make up the teams because my mum wasn't bothered. So, um, yeah, just started joining in and, and playing football. Yeah, so that was, that's, that was my main sport, really, which I personally have found was a really good lead into to Aussie rules with the kicking, obviously, with the foot skills and stuff like that. So it, it was a fairly, I just want to say, natural transition to Aussie rules. It was, and I was shanking the ball left, right and centre. Still do sometimes. Um, but, yeah, football, main one. Well, how about Aussie rules then? What was, what was your first experience or when was your first experience playing Australian <laughs> football? So... My wife and I, before we were married, we were like, yeah, let's go and work abroad for a year. Let's go and have a bit of time. Let's, where should we go? We talked about going all sorts of different places. America was the main one. Um, and then we just landed on Australia because we were like, oh, you know, it's really outdoorsy, really sporty place, you know, lots to do, places to see, travel and things. So we decided to go to Sydney. To Sydney. Uh, we were there for 10 months in the end. Um, and yeah, just like when we got over there, we were like, oh, we want to do something sporty, but we didn't want to play football because that's what obviously we did here. Um, so Rania tried out a bit of basketball. Um, I tried out a bit of netball. That was that was not the one. Netball does not bring out a good side of me. That whole <laughs> non-contact business is 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 not. It's just too frustrating. 
Um, so kind of gave up on netball. But when we were over there, when we first got there in August, we went and watched what must have been a finals game. And I was like, we were watching this game. We were like, oh, this is absolutely brutal. And we went and watched, um, I think it must have been Sydney Uni Bombers versus, I think it was Newtown Breakaways. And um, anyway, I watched this game. was like, oh, my goodness, we can't play this. It's full contact. You know, I'd never played rugby or anything like that before. Um, and then when I spotted this one woman, I thought, oh, you know, you look a little bit like me, probably a little bit taller. Um, I've got a bit of height dysmorphia anyway. I always think I'm the same height as everyone when I'm not. Um, and I thought, well, yeah, you know what, if you can do it, I can do it. So when the season finally got to sort of February, whatever time, started up again with the pre-season training, we went down and started playing. And, and, uh, and yeah, that's how it all came about. And nice. We will touch on that a bit more um, down the track. Uh, we'll keep going with these questions. Um, along your footy journey, where has been your favourite destination or venue to play at? Well, the whole experience we had at IC was absolutely amazing. But I think from a European point of view, my favourite, uh, I love the sport park. I'm probably going to pronounce it wrong. Sport park, the Interact, I think it is, Amsterdam. in Amsterdam. That's sick there. That's amazing. That's a great facility. And I just love that whole tournament. Um, and where we played in Lisbon as well, um, uh, the National Stadium in Lisbon was really, really cool. That was that was a beautiful place. That was absolutely stunning. And the walk down to that, that was that was amazing yep. to play there. That's two from two. Uh, Flo had Lisbon as one of his favourites as well. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah, good on him. Yeah, it was beautiful <laughs> there. Really good. And finally, um, what's the best thing about Australian football in England? I mean, obviously, the sport itself is obviously really fun and energetic, but the actual playing of the sport, I just love that, the community. I just love, it's quite, still quite a small community, um, which is the one good benefit, really, about being a minority sport, that loads of people know each other, networking, um, people know of different people you come across people you don't see them for six months a year well two years now for a lot of people um, and you're still really connected to them and you know you everybody's been through the same kind of thing playing a minority sport that they're so passionate about um, that has so such strong I guess traditions and things like that obviously in Australia and we, we've created our own here at, um, over in Europe is just just brilliant I, I just love I just love how much fun it is and how fun the people are and you get this this great standard of people who um, are really down to earth, but really competitive. Um, and, and that's what I really like about Aussie rules. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, let's get into it. Um, I'm keen to jump back into your trip to Sydney and um, also then how you got, in, got involved in footy when you moved back to England. What was it like playing in that season there for the first time? And then also how did you then come to find a footy club when you moved back to England? Was that straight away or is it a bit of a wait? So it was it was brilliant because they the Sydney Uni Bombers kind of welcomed us in like family really and yeah we just did sort of three months of pre-season I think we played I think in the end I think we only played like four games I think two of those were pre-season friendlies or as part of a tournament so we really didn't play much competitive footy at all but we trained twice a week and we trained for sort of two hours at a time and that was huge for us that that really helped us you know develop our skills and there was always great numbers at training and the coach at the time a guy called huge was absolutely awesome really got on with him and it was fantastic and that whole club were great you know we we walked in the um the sydney mardi gras parade which we were like this is awesome like it was just absolutely sick and i've changed the rules and stuff i think now so they're only allowed like a certain number of people but you know the whole team went you know there were like 35 of us all mm. completely like decked out all rainbowed up which was just an amazing experience you know it was it was awesome so did all that, trained, just fell in love with the game. And towards the end of our stay, you know, we said, oh, you know, we're going to go home soon. And um, a girl over there called Libby Fish, who used to work for, um, I think she used to work for uh, a uh, for the AFL, but from a regional, in a regional role, she said, oh, you know that they play in Europe. And I was like, oh, no, 
no chance. No one's even, I've never even heard of the game, you know, no chance that anyone plays it. And she said, yeah, 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 I've got some teams. Anyway, so got back and pretty much straight away, um, probably even before we left, I started putting out the feelers on Facebook to see what was around there. And um, it was really, really timely because when we came back, it was, um, I think it was like the May of 2014. And yeah. at the time, there was a guy called Ian Baxter who decided he was going to start an England women's team. And at that point, there'd been a men's league in London for years and there'd been a men's league, the CNE league out of London for years as well, but nothing for the women. Anyway, he basically just got together all these women and I somehow managed to get in touch with him and I touched base with Lisa Wilson, shock horror, you know, the, the women's football guru from uh, certainly from England at the time and now for Europe. And um, yeah, she, we, we kind of just got connected, did a trial and we were part of the very first uh, England Vixens team that took part in the, in the Euro Cup in the October uh, in London, which was awesome. And then um, got tapped up by Lisa to play in uh, play for the Wimbledon Hawks in the AFL London League. So yeah, it was, we didn't really mess around. We were still at the time playing a lot of football, so balancing back when I was much younger and I was able to do more than one game a weekend. We'd be playing Aussie Rules on the Saturday in the summer and then uh, doing football training pre-season or playing games on the Sunday as well. Those yeah. days are long gone now, though. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely long gone. So you've been involved in, I suppose, women's footy and the growth of women's footy over these last what, seven, eight years. It's um, obviously had massive development over here and back in Australia with the AFL Women's Competition starting in 2017. The AFL Women's London League started in 2015, I believe. Yeah. And what was it like playing in that sort of first season and then um, your experience at Wimbledon as well? Well, to be honest, as with so many of these things and so many of the memories, and obviously knew I was coming on this podcast and I had to, had to think about my experiences. And you don't always reflect, you know, really think mm. deeply and reflect about stuff. But at the time, you just didn't realise how significant it was. You know, you look back on it now and you realise it was a massive deal, you know. And so many experiences I've had over the years have been a huge deal. But at the time, I had no idea. I was just <laughs> going with the flow and just doing what, what what I thought was fun and what was getting enjoyment out of. So. And the Wimbledon thing was interesting because um, Lisa had obviously sort of tapped us up because she was very, very good at tapping up talent um, to try and get people to play for her team. And unfortunately, we got down to Wimbledon and they had loads of players, absolutely loads of players. She'd done a great job on recruitment and keeping women to play for the team. So in the end, we sort of said, look, Lisa, you know, this is a real long drive because it's sort of south of London and um, it's, it, we're, going, we're coming all this way. Just Anyway, so in the end, um, she was like, yep, that's absolutely fine. So we found another team and... Um, we went to Northland and Lions and they absolutely welcomed us in with, with open arms. And um, since 2016, we've played for Northland and Lions and they've been brilliant. Really, really great, great club for nurturing um, and developing British talent. Um, really, really fantastic. They've, they've been amazing at accommodating us and all the other people, uh, the women that we brought down to play as well. Yeah. And you touched on the Central and Northern England League as well. So that's obviously with Nottingham. Um, how did that, how did the Women's League come about um, with that? And what are, who are some of the teams involved in that competition? So yeah, that so that so that that was interesting how that came about. That was basically us going right. Well, we played in London, but we can't, we can't train every week, so we want to be training. Um, so at the same time that we came back and we came back and found that there was um, an England team, women's team starting up in the AFL London League starting. We found that there was a men's team in Nottingham, the Nottingham Scorpions. At that point, they've been around for what like thirteen years or something. Anyway, so I got in touch with them, and then we were like, look, you know, we want to come down, we want to train. Um, and, and the lads, the lads were like, yeah, sure, we'll meet up. We'd basically just have a kick on, on this park, you know, but, you know, so I met up, went for a kick. And I think when we got there, they were a bit like, obviously they didn't say at the time, but, but post that, they sort of have said to us, oh, we realised, you know, you were decent and you, you'd come <laughs> to play. And, and we had, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd done a lot of practice in, uh, in Australia. Um, anyway, so what then happened was we just asked everybody that we knew, I just 
Facebook stalk so many people and it's a bit of a long running joke about me sliding into people's DMs, um, <laughs> trying to trying to get them to persuade them to play Aussie rules. That's pretty much how I reckon about 75% of the women playing in Great Britain, certainly out of London, have got into the game by me trying to tap them up. Um, so we just got asked our mates to play and, and just went and joined in with the blokes. At that point, we were like, look, lads, we want to get a team going. Uh, we're keen for this. We reckon we can field. We had no idea. We, we couldn't field, but we just I persuaded as many people to try and join in and, and play as possible. And success breeds success. And um, mm. yeah, we started the league. So in our league, there's um, Cardiff Panthers, there's the Bristol Dockers and the Sussex Swans. So there's only four teams at the moment. Um, we're, we're keen to try and grow that league um, probably next year now. Yeah. Um, to try and expand that but it's great we play sort of tournament style days because obviously there's quite a big travel distance and that works really well for us and it means we get a, a social going as well in the evening um, yeah so it's good fun and it's nine aside and that's the difference between the london league you know it's 18 aside down there which is which is great when you play on ball um and you, and you play most of the minutes which which is what i was but you know you're a new player to the team you know i think nine aside is is the way forward i think it's great for developing beginners in particular and the rugby fields are always available so it's a great, it's a great game, the nine side game. Well, I suppose those nine aside tournaments have put you in good stead for some of the AFL Europe events you've participated at. You touched on representing England um, at the Euro Cup in 2014. You've also represented them since then, um, up until 2019. European Championships, uh, you represented England again in 2016, um, which then uh, led into the 2017 International Cup with Great Britain. Um, I'm keen to hear how that experience was travelling down to Melbourne, um, playing against, you know, countries from all over the world. That was just the best three weeks of my life. It was, that was so good, at, you know, and at the time, I've got so many memories from it. It was so special. And at the time, again, you, you had no idea what a big deal it was for them being the first uh, British women's team to go um, over to ours for that tournament. It was just, it was just absolutely mammoth. So, you know, we got married uh, like the week before, I think like six days before or something. So we did that. And then we obviously flew out with you know like a squad of like 30 of us just having just we just had an amazing time we did all sorts of stuff we we visited so many places you know we walked around the g you know we did the parade we went um i i had um we had, i got invited to this captain's lunch at the oh, yeah. time right so this is just a classic example of me just not having a clue what a big deal it was so obviously i'd only just really started getting into watching aussie rules at that point i, I didn't really know much about it obviously because i played whatever and I watch it all the time now. I watch it every week. No loads about it. But at the time, didn't really know much about it. Anyway, so I rock up to this captain's lunch, meet all these other captains who are lovely, like really, really nice. And they're like, oh, you know, we're going to have this, this proper sit-down meal, which is really fancy, really nice. Anyway, so I'm looking around for my, for my, my, name, uh, my name badge on this table. I sit down. I'm like, oh, right, I'm sitting here. I look next to me. I'm thinking, right, who am I sat next to, you know? And it says, uh, and I'm like, oh, Jill McLaughlin. I'm like, oh, who's this Jill chick? <laughs> I'm like, oh, she's going to have some good banter. Anyway, so I sit down. <laughs> And Gil, it's Gil McLaughlin, obviously, who now I know is like AFL CEO, like massive cheese. And at the time, at the time, I think he'd only recently been appointed. Not that that would have made much difference. I still wouldn't have known who he was. Anyway, he was he was a right hoot. We had a great time. Um, but at the time, like I said, I, I had no idea. And if I sat down now and it's the Gil McLaughlin, I'd mm. literally be like mouth on the floor, you know, thinking, well, I need to ask him about this, that, and the other. Um, but anyway, so like just just had some really fantastic experiences, and um, I did. Uh, just oh it was just awesome like we went to one school um for the community round and we went to uh, peninsula grammar school knew nothing about it you know yeah. nothing about the area whatever got on the bus they took us there anyway this just whole thing was amazing it's like they got all the young kids out to watch our game we played against fiji I and mean, the pitch was absolutely i'd like boggy bits everywhere which didn't really bother us because we were used to it anyway 
Um, it was a great game, like a really hard fought game, like up and down, real battle, real physical. We played really, really well. It was one of the games we really enjoyed. But they'd done all sorts of stuff. They'd got out toiletries in the toilets for us and all the changing rooms. You know, they'd had um, like their head girl came out and, and handed over these. They gave us all uh, little prizes, little teddies, little key rings. They had this big meal for us afterwards. It was honestly, it was, and, they'd, and the best thing about the whole thing, we've got a great video is um, they made a banner. And that sounds like that to us, we don't have banners here. Like they don't do that over here. Whereas it was obviously a massive thing, you know, it was actually a huge thing. Anyway, so we've just got this absolutely beautiful footage of us running through this GB Swans banner um, at the start. And it's just amazing, you know, made such a massive thing out the whole day for us. So it's memories like that. Um, of that tournament that you go and at the time we had no you know you don't know what to expect you don't know any of this stuff yeah um but yeah it was it was awesome it really it really and it just I mean I love tour I love going away I love being with my mates I'm a super social person and I was very lucky that Rania was there with me too so it wasn't like how we you know we were missing I was missing my partner at home or anything like that and yeah. I just went to loads of games like went to the G as much as because people were like oh you know we can get cheap tickets for this game oh yeah yeah I was up for it did everything went to you know, went to Icon Park and we had an opportunity to go there. We had a kick on the pitch at Icon Park and had a tour around all the facilities. Just met Darcy Vessier, I had photos of her. Like it was just, it was awesome. Yeah, and it's a pretty incredible feat to be uh, selected as captain in that team as well. You've, you've been selected captain to rep- well, representing England at the AFL Europe events, captain of the Nottingham Scorpions. But to be captain of the GB squad heading to that International Cup must have been pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah, it was. I don't... The whole captain thing, I, I just I just love it. And it's not something that when I was younger, I ever, you know, thought, oh, I really, I, really, I want to be the, I want to be in charge. You know, I want to be the, I want to be the, the captain. I want to, I've never, and it just kind of like morphed into it. I'd captain teams when I was younger. I captained my football team for years. It's kind of just a role that I just, I guess, naturally adopt. And I really, really, really do enjoy. And I've, I've captained, like I said, pretty much every team. Um, I just I like seeing other people develop. I like being able to influence a game on the pitch, and I and I feel like when you're captain, you can influence it off the pitch as well, um, yeah. and have quite a big influence on it. But yeah, it was um, it was great. It was it was really good. And like I said, that you know, having the opportunity to do all those things as captain and shake hands with everyone and, and be that person who's um, talking to the umpire and talking to the other captains and things. It's it's great, and uh, it was really nice to leave and, and certainly a massive accolade that I will never ever. Um, you know, I'll never forget and I'll never downplay because it was huge. Now, the International Cup runs every three years. Um, I believe you were meant to be a part of it in 2020, but had decided in 2019 that you weren't going to play. Yeah, well, I mean, I want to play as long as I possibly can. I didn't sort of rule anything in or out. However, um, the birth of our daughter in um, September 2019 just kind of was like, well, like, you know what, I think, I think that might be potential international career. I don't know if I could get a pass out for, for three weeks in the summer with a, what would have been a, whatever she would have been then, eight, seven or eight months old. Um, so yeah, so that wasn't going to happen. But, but I mean, I, I, hopefully footy will be in her blood. I hope having two parents that have, have played footy for so long and at international level. Funny story, to be fair, she, uh, <laughs> she was actually born on grand final day on, uh, <laughs> on, the, on the 28th of September um, in 2019. Yeah, it was cool. Well, it was it, it was very late in the day. Um, we basically, uh, we were watching the longest kick. So we'd watch the game in the morning and we'd watch Richmond absolutely tank GWS. Um, and then we went back in the afternoon and we were like, I was like, oh, you know, let's just put on the longest kick, you know, see what's going. And Manny's going, oh, I don't feel great. And I was like, oh, you know, have a sandwich, you'll be all right. You know, I'm, sure, I'm sure you're fine, whatever. Watching this longest kick, thinking, oh, great, grand final day, been a great day, you know. And... Um, 
anyway she comes in she's like really really not feeling great starting starting to get a few pains I was like right anyway I've I've put a pause on this longest kick turns out she's in labor so we're like rushing and I mean rushing to get to the hospital (laughs) and uh and yeah Layla was born at um 11 15 that night was she early uh, that day early she was supposed to be born the day after but we weren't expecting we had you know we weren't expecting her to come early first baby normally you're waiting a bit longer so and especially on grand final day you were hoping exactly yeah exactly I was secretly really 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 pleased that she did uh, that she did come on that day so we'll see well fingers crossed I mean I'm trying to do as much stuff um to lay the foundations now so that when she's older there's going to be hopefully at least a a pathway for her as a junior to to participate in and, and be involved in yeah well let's touch on some of those foundations yeah I believe you're a PE teacher so have you been you know working to get the the sport into schools have you been running school sessions yeah I've been trying I mean this year is probably the worst year to try and do it obviously a contact sport getting that um, approved to, to play in schools is obviously going to be really really difficult this year but um, I've done a few sessions uh, with some of the with some of the girls in particular tried out those I know one of our other PE teachers done a few sessions with the lads and to be honest the kids at schools really enjoy it like it's when you when you modify the game and you can change a few bits and pieces to make it accessible uh, it's actually a really really easy game for them to pick up and play um, and get a lot of success from really early um, but yeah so I'm, I'm really hoping that we can do a bit more of that like next year the key really is to be able to get competitive fixtures you know kids want to play but yeah. they want to play a game yeah. against someone so when you can get a couple of schools up and running doing it um, and trained up with some people um, that's that's the key to it really but yeah it's it's very much excuse the pun in its infancy um the junior program over in the uk and i I think there's a huge opportunity for developing and i I really strongly believe that if we can if we can invest in the junior side um then that'll pay dividends at international level yeah um well obviously the auskick program is very popular back in australia um afl switzerland switzerland ran their first auskick session um in zurich the other week um so that's awesome yeah so hopefully you know, we start to see a few more of those sessions where people can um, provide those sessions for juniors and then really provide a pathway for these young kids to um, really pick up the sport at their local league and, and then be able to make that pathway into the professional competitions in Australia. And we have actually seen some talent, um, lucky enough, some girls, some of the girls been able to make it through to the AFLW in recent years. Probably some of your teammates through the, through the London League competition Kate Sherlow, who was a Sherlow, who was a former Wimbledon Hawk, the first AFL London player to be picked up in the AFLW. Uh, Lauren Spark, Katie Stone, Jess Edwards, who I believe was the first AFL London women's BNF winner back in 2015, um, and even a coach, Mitch Skelly, um, who coached the uh, Wandsworth Demons, and I believe coached the England squad at one of the Euro Cups. Yeah, absolutely at the Cork Euro Cup. Yeah. How was it playing alongside some of those girls, and then also playing under under Mitch? Well, I never actually played alongside Sparky um, and Kate Shearlaw, but I did play against them in yeah. the final where we got beaten by about 70 points, um, which wasn't that much fun, I have to say. I was absolutely exhausted. It was like literally on the hottest days down at Clapham Common, which drives a bone on a good day. And it was just <laughs> like, oh, it's full on. I mean, grand finals, to be fair, grand finals are good and they are good fun, but it was, um, yeah, that was tough going. They're both very, very good players and have worked exceptionally hard. Kate Shearer in, in particular this season has taken her game to the next level. She's really, really improved. You can tell she's worked hard. But yeah. both great girls, good fun. And, and Sparky was our GB coach, one of our assistant coaches at the IC as well. And she, her insights were huge. And um, she's really good for helping other people develop. She's given a lot to, um, to the European game while she was over here. So that was awesome. Katie Stone, um, it was absolutely awesome. We played some games together for North London Lions uh, before she went back over uh, back to America. She 
was really good. I think she's one of the few rocks that I've played with, obviously being in the mid, where she literally just dominates. And yeah. I, I, for whatever reason, I've, I've, I haven't played, I haven't played in that many teams where you've had a really, really just consistently dominant rock, and that was awesome. She was literally just tapping it for fun. I was like, yeah, see you later. <laughs> so that was that was awesome. Um, and Mitch, I, oh yeah, and Jess Edwards also brilliant. She was there, yeah. So she was actually there at like some of the first England selections. So she okay. was really, really good at helping. So she really helped develop the game as well. And yep. she was really keen at, uh, at getting people involved and talking to us about making sure that we keep playing and um, putting ourselves forward for selection and stuff like that. Um, and Mitch, you know, Mitch is in a. I've really got a lot of time for Mitch because if you think about from an experience point of view. Um, Mitch has obviously grown up in ours, played the game himself, uh, the male game, 18 aside, whatever. Um, he's come over to the UK. He's played male 18s over here. Um, he's also coached women's 18s over here, which is a mixture of having obviously the, um, the local talent, but obviously the Australian girls as well. He's also coached sort of women's nine aside um, footy over here. So he's got the insight into, into how that works and what it's like. And now, obviously, he's over at Darabin um, mm. for, uh, for the VFL side over there, like coaching there, coaching their women. So he's, you know, if we're talking about coaches and we're talking about their experiences, you're going to be pushed to find someone with a more varied and broad experience than Mitch. And he's a good, he's a good bloke, you know. Um, he's got average level banter, uh, but he's <laughs> a good bloke. And uh, yeah, his he's, he's, he's footy smarts are really good. And I've really enjoyed um, the time um, that we spent with him in England. He's just a very, very calm chilled out bloke really loves his football and um and it's really nice to see someone um stay in the women's game as well and have mm. their experiences from the men's game but also have him he clearly really enjoys um coaching as part of the women's game which is great has he played part of inspiration maybe for you towards your i believe you're looking to achieve a level two coaching accreditation you've achieved your level one coaching accreditation throughout for europe has he been a bit of inspiration for that for you to achieve that accreditation yeah, I think so. I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily say my my mind would first go to him as sort of who's my coach and inspiration. Yeah. But now you actually think about it, he really has highlighted how important it is, I think, to be able to wear sort of different hats and look at and look at coaching through different eyes and different experiences. And I guess when I'm doing a lot of my coaching at the moment, I'm predominantly coaching the women, but I'm also coaching um i'm taking on some of the men's coaching as well at the club when we're doing a lot of mixed stuff at the moment and that's really good for me and i think his experiences and me learning from how important i think that is just putting yourself in so many different positions and coaching um, you learn an awful lot from rather than sort of just coaching this one pigeonhole little box and one one team or one level or one gender or or whatever yeah. so yeah he's he, he's great and i'm still in touch with mitch i i, I messaged him a few times um keep in touch with him i think he's you know and I'll try and tap him up for as many ideas as he's got. I did that in the in the off season just to sort of see his opinions. I was asking him some stuff about stats and and what his opinions were and on different on defensive plays and stuff. So he, bless him, he's always got time for a chat as well. Yeah, and you touched on Lisa Wilson before, who you actually mentored through her level two coaching accreditation. What was it like going through that process and helping Lisa achieve that? Well, I think that gave me an insight about the level two. It's not something that I would have necessarily, um, again, thought that I would be doing. Go back a couple of years. But seeing her go through that and, and looking at all the documents and the process she went through, and it, it's been really, really, it's really good. And what the, you know, the, the process of the coaching support that we've had and the coaching series that we've been part of, the, the first one and obviously this one now as well, it's just been, it's so, it, the quality is so high. Um, it's really, it's like very, very unique. Um, and I think the AFL have done actually done a really good job. Um, and AFL Europe, Ryan Davy in particular, it, putting all of this together has just been really phenomenal experience. And Lisa's really benefited from that. But to be honest, you know, Lisa's, Lisa's a gun. She's great. She's, she, she really is an inspiration to me. She's, 
Um, yes, I was her mentor, but really, I think I was sort of more of a sounding board and mirror to her, which is, you know, what a mentor is supposed to be. She's got so many wonderful ideas and so much passion. And she just it's great. We're very similar like that. Um, it's a shame, really, that we're based in different countries, because I can imagine that together we'd be a pretty formidable force and, and we do get on well. So it's, it's, it's really nice to have someone who you do really identify with. And I don't think you realise it until you're doing something um, that you've got somebody who's going going through similar processes as you and the struggles and challenges that you face. It can be quite lonely and isolating sometimes being involved in a minority sport, being involved in the women's side of a minority sport, um, being a female coach, uh, being a female leader, you know, all of those things actually, um, you know, you, you are very much in the minority. There aren't that many of us out there. So, mm. um, so it's been really good, you know, enjoying working with her. Well, how about yourself? What's what's next for Laura in the next couple of years um, with coaching, with playing, uh, just with footy in general? What, what are the plans? Uh, I am just going to try and play as long yeah. as I can. <laughs> I'm literally just, you are, you know, there's that old saying, you're much longer retired than you are playing. So um, I'm just going to try and play as long as I can. I'm like, I'm 37 now, I'm 38 in like a month. Um, so I'm, I am getting on a bit and I've, like I touched on earlier, it takes me a lot longer to recover now. Um, and I just randomly like, I think I pulled a muscle the other day, like twisting around. I was like, I haven't turned around, but <laughs> pulled a muscle in my back. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to keep playing as long as I can. Um, touch wood, um, I'll be able to get a good season in this season and try and just develop the Scorpions, um, really keep pushing them on, try and grow the game here uh, out of London. I'm really passionate about that now. Um, I guess my focus has shifted. Obviously, I've got my little girl, try and set up some things for her for the future and try and grow our little family for the next couple of years and um, just eke out as long as I can because, you know, if and when we end up with another child, it's all right. At the moment, we're like two on one, you know. But when you start going man for man, that things things are getting dodgy. So we've kind of got we're going to be there on dodgy times then for whether I'm going to be able to do much travelling. So we'll see. But I just want to, you know, I've got this mantra about just taking opportunities that come your way, and that's what I did. That's what I've done with football. Every time there's been an opportunity, you know, oh right, you know, there's this tournament happening here, or there's an opportunity to do this course or whatever. You know, if I've been able to fit it in and, and stay healthy mentally and physically by doing it. And not sacrifice too many other things then I've done it because you know you don't get these opportunities again and that's what I see was you know it came around nicely 17 and although I hadn't planned to go in 2020 in the end it, it got cancelled and no one knew all this was going to happen and you know goodness knows when that tournament's going to go ahead now and um, it'll be a shame because there'll be ladies and men who really wanted to do it but that window perhaps will have closed for them by the time that opportunity comes around again so I'm just going to crack on I want to do my coaching I have to say I am really enjoying the coaching actually I mean maybe that's because it's only one week in and we have really good numbers I might <laughs> I might be saying something different if we only get like four turning up and it's freezing cold and raining and whatever but um, I'm really enjoying my coaching um, just watching as much as possible and learning as much as possible about the game so yeah and um, fingers crossed in the next uh, couple of seasons of diesel win a premiership both teams looking good this year so go deep yeah well um thank you very much for joining me today it's been great great to chat to you and hear about your footy story like i said fingers crossed um we get we'll get a season and some games ahead in the year and hopefully some afl europe events towards the end of the year and i'll be able to see you out in the field or coaching yeah i hope so so yeah good luck with the year ahead and thanks again for joining me today thank you very much love to speak to you Thanks for tuning in to episode 12 of the AFL Europe podcast. If you enjoyed listening, make sure to head over to episode 11 where we kicked off our One Kick Later series with Germany's Florian Nauman. To make sure you don't miss out on future episodes, hit subscribe on the platform you're listening through and chuck us a follow on social media at AFL Europe. See you later.